Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that has pondered every question, and he has all of the answers. He is the very wise and very suave captain. I've been called Captain Know-It-All before. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. This is very special. Tonight we are drinking Black Is Your Soul Red Wine Barrel Aged. And for those of you scoring at home, that's Ghost 525. Like I said, this is a very special beer. It's rare and we are lucky to have one. Thanks to Michael for sending us Black Is Your Soul by Adroit Theory in beautiful Virginia. How did he know? How did how did who know? That my soul was black. <laughs> this is a Russian Imperial Stout aged in red wine Zinfandel barrels. Mm-hmm. It's almost too awesome to describe. I liken this as the Trent Reznor of beers because it's mm. complicated and very, very good. Garage grade, how about five out of five bottle caps? And Black Is Your Soul is brought to us by Min in Miami, Florida. Min says there's nothing like lying on the beach listening to True Crime Garage and drinking a recommended beer. Mm-hmm. She's got the life. Next, a big cheers to Bianca from Brooklyn. We also have Kent in Bloomington, Indiana, who was glad that we covered the Lauren Spearier case. And also in Indiana, in Crown Point, we have Kelly. And a big cheers to my buddy Morton up in Copenhagen. Cheers to you, old friend. And next, we have a lot of love coming from the big, great state of Texas. First up, we have Kathy and her daughter, Rachel, from Austin. Also in Austin, we have Isabel. Don't want to forget about Ann in Austin as well. We have Lauren in Caddy, Texas. Travis in Pasadena, Texas. And Heatherly from Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Texas, we like your jib. Next up, we want to send a happy birthday to Taylor D. in New Albany from Stephanie. Also, a happy 30th to Louisa in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. the land of the champions. Happy 40th to Brandon from Reggie in Nebraska. And Amanda would like to wish her mother, Sue, a very happy, happy birthday. Well, happy birthday, everybody. Next up in Parts Unknown, we have Kim D. We also have Michael Ann, who says, maybe we will one day learn the captain's true identity. Nope. 
<laughs> well, here, here, I'll tell you what my real name is. It's Batman. Well, now that cape makes a lot of sense. Also in Parts Unknown, we have Brittany, our man, Cat Serial, Dan, Jeff, Shannon, Rachel, and Ryan. And last but not least, a happy birthday shout out. This is from James to Natty. James says, happy birthday, Natty. I love you. Mm-hmm. Now, let's be clear. That James loves you, Natty. I don't I don't know the first thing about that. Oh, it's, I felt like Delilah here. Delilah. We got a love connection coming from Parts Unknown to your Parts Unknown. sick sickos all right that's enough of the business grab the mailbag captain i want to sit down with everybody have a beer answer some questions Mm -hmm. have have more than one beer on this show that's right so everybody gather around grab a chair and let's talk some true crime garage All right, well, you asked for it, so you're going to get it. We've had a lot of people asking for a, a Q&A session with the old captain and old Nikolai. So here we you are. messed up. People. I see everybody's everybody's kind of eased into their couches, eased into their spots. They got their drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out and grab that mailbag, and let's, let's hit them with letter number one. Here's a question we get all the time. If you could pick one case that you could solve, which case would that be? Wow. I thought these would be softball questions. That one that <laughs> one's a tough one. That's an intriguing question we because we have some softball questions. You know, if you were to pick something like um like the Zodiac cases, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 could justify your answer by saying, well, you would be able to solve a lot of murders all at once. Um right. but if we're just talking about one specific case, one victim, I would it would probably go back to me uh, and I hate I hate to pick something that's already been on top of our list before, but the West Memphis Three case just haunts me, and it's something that pops in my mind every thirty or forty days. And it's um, I hate to sound selfish here, but I almost need that to be solved and resolved for me personally. Um, plus, I mean, you talk about horrible situation with three very young victims. I should have stated that these questions are being asked. It's it's live, so it's not like we had a bunch of time to ponder these answers as well well and i kind of want to top off my answer there and give a little reasoning by why i chose that case well it's your show do what you want it's um that's a case that they're not going to be actively investigating Mm -hmm. um and and therefore you know once that alfred plea came into into the deal um as far as the state's concerned that case is off the books it's technically solved as far as the law goes they're not going to investigate that case so that's why I have to pick that one because a lot of these other cold cases are still being actively investigated. Yeah, that'd definitely be on the top of my list. And I think we talk about that case so much, but there's all the, you know, the Brandon Lawson case, Brian mm-hmm. Schaefer case, um, the Adnan Syed case. Those cases constantly pop. Like we talked uh, a couple episodes ago about the red light cases. There's those cases that pop into my brain all the time. John Benet Ramsey, mm. that'd be a great one to to fully know the truth. Um, so that yeah, I, that, I I know you said pick one. I just picked five. And the next question regards people starting up uh, their own podcast. You know, mm-hmm. we get this question in many different forms. So kind of a summation of of all of those is you know what advice would you give to someone that wants to start up their own podcast and be successful doing it. 
Well, I think number one thing is find a subject that you can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours about, (laughs) and you don't really get tired of it. Something that really fascinates you. I think that's the key. I mean, having a passion and normally if you're passionate about something, people follow. So I would say definitely do that first. The second thing would be to have a hard, you know, toughen up your skin because there's a lot of haters out there. There's people that they're not even going to listen to your show. They're just going to find a way to hate on you. Also, number three, invest money into yourself. So if you're going to start a podcast, don't just pull out your iPhone and record on your iPhone. Go on and we get technical questions all the time. What kind of equipment you use? The best thing you can do is go to like Amazon.com and search for a recording package. Something that comes with a condenser mic. Something that comes with a program. You know, PreSonus is a is a good company. They got good preamps. Get a good mic. Get a good program. Dive into how to record it so you can have at least decent quality for people to listen to your nasally drone. Yeah, and regarding the the hate mail, and that's very that's very good thing that you keyed in on there. Uh, thick skin, because you will for every ten people that like what you're doing that won't email you, that won't hit you up with a tweet, you'll get one person that will send you some hate mail, and All you'll the time. yeah, you only hear from the haters, which is really discouraging. Uh, and it was for us in the beginning, but you just have to, um, you kind of have to put your blinders on and keep doing what you like. My recommendation too is would be to make sure that you have somebody on your team that is very much like the captain, somebody that's incredibly intelligent, um, somebody that knows what he's doing. Uh, he's he's a social media ninja, uh, and he's a hell of a producer. So, and in, in recording engineer. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of hate mail saying you need to get off the show. I produce the show, so. No, I'd be talking into a tin can if it wasn't. He'd be talking to an iPhone or so. the or the wall. All right, so that's kind of the advice. And if if you if anybody has any technical questions they would like to ask me, you can do so on social media and all that stuff. I'm happy to help or point you in the right direction. Okay, uh, Sam asks, "What do you have against cows?" Oh well, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> I wonder if Sam is 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 Sam being funny or is this because we did a, a cow tipping. Uh, post where because we were drinking the spotted cow beer hmm. um i wonder if he if he is referencing that but i personally love cows uh i would eat a t-bone steak right now <laughs> well that's nice of you okay speaking of eating would you rather have dinner with jeffrey dahmer or to have a child with casey anthony well that's not a fair question at all uh who's that from because that person's not maddie fair. maddie you are mm-hmm. an unfair person um, here's the problem with that question, Maddie. A child is a lifelong responsibility. I, you'd have to be locked into Casey Anthony for the rest of your life. Uh, dinner with Jeffrey Dahmer would certainly be easier. Um, hopefully he's not doing the cooking, right, Captain? Right. Um, but if, if, if let's say I had to choose between dinner with Jeffrey and d- dinner with Casey, I would still go with dinner with Jeffrey Dahmer. They're both despicable people in my, my humble opinion. Well, yeah, and I and I, but at the end of the day, the the meal is going to smell way, way better than that troll. <laughs> All right, let's get to another question. Let's see. Uh, did you guys ever do a radio show like on a tape recorder when you're little kids? And do you still got them? That comes from Edith. That's a that's a great question, Edith. 
um, yeah, we actually, we as strange as it sounds, we actually are guilty of doing that in um, elementary school. We we were must have been very little, um, and we did it with a with a friend of ours. Um, and I think what if I remember correctly, we had basically had a tape recorder, our three idiot voices, and mm-hmm. and a little acoustic guitar. That was electric guitar. Was it electric guitar? Mm-hmm. Ooh, we were fancy, but we didn't plug it into anything. Oh, okay. And our show was called Butt Radio. B- yeah. B-U-T-T Radio. Yeah, yeah so it was very, um, very s- seven-year-old humor, I think. Yeah, and well, and a lot of what we did, too, was we would, like, talk about the pre, you know, like, the stuff in between a song. Mm-hmm. And then we'd actually record a song yeah. onto play a the little, tape. So play a little was, Def Leppard. Yeah, play a little, yeah, or Duran Duran. Um but yeah, that's what we did in, in elementary school. That turned into um, my best friend growing up, um, CP1. Um, we did a thing called uh, our first TV show was called The Willies. Which I was not a part of. You this were not you, a part of. You and your friend CP1. Right. And then we turned it into the Pubert and Toad show. <laughs> so my first nickname of any show was, was Toad. Uh, and we had weird outfits we wore. And The Willies was really like kid humor and very like we had to keep it clean because the only people that were watching it were his poor parents you know it's it's like they would have to come home and we'd be like here's the tape you got to watch this tape and then i had to sit through the 30 minute tape we made and then uh the pubert and toad show we actually um would tape record all these and then when we'd have these parties in high school would show everybody the tapes. I was hoping to learn something today. And what I just learned is that in the captain's 25 year radio career, he has never used his real name. Well, I started off like, in TV. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pubert. Were you pubert or I was toad. Oh, you were toad. CP one was pubert. All right. Another one that we get asked often is by covering true crime every week. Does it affect your views on the justice system? Um, I, I I actually don't think that it that it has affected my thoughts on the overall my overall opinion of the justice system. Mm-hmm. It certainly has given me quite a bit more insight into that. But my my opinion really hasn't changed. Um, I think for the most part we do a pretty good job. It's it's a tough thing because it's never something that you're going to bat one thousand at. Um, but I, I think where we do fail um, is that it seems to me like people um, that people that don't have a lot of money or people that might be discriminated against, uh, mm-hmm. they I don't feel and never have felt that they get a fair swing at the plate. Well, I think your analogy is right. I mean, when you think about baseball, but in baseball, if you get 30 mm-hmm. percent, if you hit 30 percent, you're an all star, you're an all star. And that's kind of where our justice system is. We're not even batting 30%. I think it's very, very unfair and uh, of people of color, very unfair of people without money. It's, I think the more we dive into it and the more cases we cover, the more flaws I see in the system and how many cases um, should have been solved mm-hmm. and that haven't been. And really, like with anything, though, Captain, it all comes down to good people. You know, and if you have any situation, regardless of you're talking about education or criminal justice or anything like that, if you if you have some bad people, it it's that specific area of the system is going to be bad. 
Um, so we all just need to be, we need to be good and we need to get better at what we do. Another question we get all the time. Uh, now this one is phrased differently. Will you ever tour? And if so, please come to the UK, uh, tour. I understand that like the murderinos, um, my favorite murder girls, uh, they ladies, I should say, um, great show. If you haven't checked that out, I know they do a tour. Uh, I don't know if we ever will. We like the garage. Well, <laughs> well, the other thing too is we do two shows a week. Um, you know, a lot. You know, a lot of people enjoy the two shows. Some people want this one show again. By by opening it up to multiple episodes, you're actually able to spend time on the details mm-hmm. or on your thought processes. And the people that say, "Well, I don't need your opinion." Well, I don't need your opinion either. Um, to me, me and Nick go back and forth on this. I, I love the facts of the cases, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to give our viewpoints on things. That's what we bring to the genre. That's what we bring to true crime is our background, our opinions. That's what we can bring. Everybody has their own story, their own thoughts, and uh, we should be willing to share those. But as far as a tour goes, uh, I, I don't know. I think the, the there's pro- not enough time. The pro- you're exactly right. The, pro- the problem with our schedule is because of doing two shows a week, it's very cumbersome and we've actually doubled the workload on our end as well. So um, we would love to do a tour. We'd love to meet everybody um, right now. It, it, it's, it, it doesn't work in the schedule. The other question we get a lot is how long do we spend on an episode to record an episode? You know, we normally start, um, the average episode is probably about six hours to record. Now what we do differently than a lot of other shows like talking to, uh, generation Y and uh sword and scale and, and every show does their thing differently. We actually, now for this show, we're actually just doing it live and I'll go back and edit, but normally we edit live, meaning we say a couple lines, then we might edit, then we say more lines and go back and edit. Mm-hmm. So we kind of edit on the fly, but the whole process, once you put in the intro, once you do um, the beer fun and the ads and edit the whole show, you're looking at about a six hour to eight hour process per episode. And, and that's just the recording of that one episode that has right. nothing to do with uh, research or putting together notes or, or composing the music. And he, you know, we, we of course have to do that before we get together in the garage and sit down to record. Yeah. And the, the cases are very, I mean, because you know, there's, there's days that you can spend 12 hours just doing research. Mm-hmm. So it's very cumbersome. And I think, and then on top of that, you to try to balance your life because we're dealing with such heavy topics and you need that time on the weekend to just be yourself and not be the captain or not be Nick from true crime garage and not dive into these heavy topics. So to then, you know, to go, okay, well it's Friday. I got to pack my bags and go to Austin, Texas or something. It, it's a kind of hard to do. We won't actually answer this one, but uh, what got you into true crime? We, there's another Q&A show on the website if you want to check that out. That kind of has a lot of broad answers. That was in the first season, season one, like episode 15 or something like that. And we have, we give a, that was a question, I think maybe our first question of that episode. Mm-hmm. 
And the history of true crime, in your opinion, who's the biggest douche canoe? Uh, that would vary depending on which day you ask me, because you know, so many, so many of these animals are douche canoes, uh, amongst other well, they, words. We, they also want us to stop saying animals because, you know, there are, are a bunch of lovely animals. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. I, I mean that in a bad way, I guess, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, so just off the top of my head, if I had to pick one right now, click boom, I'd say Wee Gaskins. Um, and for reasons that I won't get into, but we, we've been asked several times to cover his case. He, he was a serial killer, um, tiny little guy. Um, but he did some things that I won't mention here. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually because of, because I despise him so much, um, and I've even responded this way to a few people that have asked us to cover Pee Wee Gaskins, I will not waste my breath discussing, uh, Pee Wee Gaskins anymore. Okay. I was going to say, you just, you just wasted a lot of breath Anymore. right there. Nope. I hate um, uh, mine would just be anybody that any crimes against children. I mean, I think you heard my disdain for uh, Casey Anthony, but uh, you know, that's just one individual. There's a bunch of them out there that did um, just as bad, if not worse. And so, yeah, all those would be in the category for me. I, I look, I understand people want a one person answer. I can't do it. What's your favorite beer? Uh, today it's black as your soul. Um, <laughs> uh, usually it's the beer that's in front of me, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually uh, I had some beer email the other day, and one of them had one of the gentlemen had commented saying, you know, um, uh, you know, Captain, could you get Nick to drink some real beer? You know, it, mm-hmm. not not these uh, you know flavor wild beers or anything like that. I like variety. Um, I'm willing to try every beer out there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess if this guy meant real beer, like regular American ale, American lager, um, I I don't. I like to sit down on a hot day and pull a can from a cooler. There's something magical that happens inside that cooler when you ice down some beers all day long. And I don't care if it's a Budweiser, a Bush beer, a Miller Light, Miller High Life. Mm, boo. Yeah, I like I like everything. I like all the beers. Um, PBR. Love a good PBR. <laughs> my my favorite beer is Guinness. I normally drink a lot of Guinness. If you would have asked him a year ago, he would have said Red Stripe. Yeah, I drank Red Stripe for a really long time. Um, a Dortmunder Gold would be my, if I wanted a, a somewhat f- fancy, not too fancy beer, that probably would be my favorite one. Which case immediately turns you off and why? You want me to answer this one? Yeah, go ahead. I have to think for a minute. I, I, I will just start with, and I don't, I don't want to get hate mail. Um, two cases particularly, and one is. Well, I'll start with Adnan Syed's case. I'm super fascinated by that case. I've dove into that case more than most of the cases that we've covered on the show. We've tried to find multiple ways to cover it. The last, which I thought was a clever way was that we wanted to go through a point system. Here's the major points of the case, you know, that either weigh in favor of Adnan or weigh against him. The problem with covering a case like this, and the other case would be the Stephen Avery case, Hmm. the making of a murder. The problem with those two cases are how close people are. And when you have a case like that, that you get invested in to so much, 
no matter what I say or what I believe will change somebody else's viewpoint Mm -hmm. of what they believe. So all it does is to create this room for animosity and those two cases immediately turn me off as far as wanting to cover those. And we, we get talked about it all the, I, um, Adnan's case has not been brought up so much. I think in the beginning it was a little bit, but, uh, the Stephen Avery case has constantly, constantly been brought up to cover that case, cover that case, Pr- probably won't cover that. I, case. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of follow you there a little bit. Uh, the Stephen Avery case is a big turnoff for me as far as discussing it. Um, I did watch the show. I thought the show was highly entertaining. Um, I also read a book about the case well before the documentary came out. Um, and I can't think of the name of that book, but I, if anybody can find that, you probably find it if you just Google Stephen Avery. I highly recommend that book. Um, that one turns me off because I, okay, so I go to this beer club. I'm in a beer club. Bunch of guys get together, you know, every so often and drink beers. Well, you know, me being the true crime dork out of the out of the batch, when that show was going on, everybody wanted to talk to me at Beer Club about Stephen Avery and, and get my opinion on what was going on. The problem was I didn't share the same opinion uh, regarding the outcome or or who is guilty or not guilty uh, as they did. And it always turned in. It, it, we go to Beer Club for fun and it would turn into some kind of debate. So mm-hmm. I think that atmosphere is what turned me off from uh, that that particular case. Another one that I'll kind of lump a whole bunch of them together, and I do like this show, you know, like the the evening time uh, major network true crime shows, and, and I know they cover more than that, but like Dateline 2020, 48 mm-hmm. Hours, things like that. Uh, th- those are good shows. The problem for me is 50% of the time, it's like the same case in a different location with different names. It's always the cheating husband killed the wife and... You know, it's just spending an hour putting together information to convince you of that or to show why he is guilty. It's um, it, it it's just not it's just not um, th- th- those are all horrible events, but it doesn't intrigue me enough to want to sit there and and watch that same crime play out over and over again. Are you going to try to solve a crime? We have um uh you know we've we've given we've supplied some tips uh we've oh, we haven't solved any crime we have not so- solved any crime sorry i should be clear about that uh but what i what i mean is we we have tried to help or assist um by providing information that we've stumbled upon or information that's been provided to us we've tried to allocate that to the right and appropriate people in departments um and let them run with it they're the investigators they're involved in in the real action um so we'll continue to do that all right are the host of true crime gay ridge 420 friendly well i was born on 420 so am i 420 friendly uh do whatever you want to do it's not not up for me to tell you do i partake in it no that's just me. I'm going to Jamaica in August, and I certainly <laughs> will be uh, very friendly during that entire trip. All right. Have we considered doing a video podcast? No, I'm not interested in that personally. I have a face for audio. <laughs> nice audio face. No, I, I look, I understand that some people are, are going that way with different shows. I know Joe Rogan does his show, but they also post a live feed. 
we're not a full conversation show. I mean, we do have conversation, but a lot of the times is, you know, we're putting out facts mm-hmm. and that has to be done in, in, an appropriate, in an appropriate way for, you know, the victims, for everybody involved and for the listener to, to understand what actually happened. So it's a, it would be pretty difficult to do. I mean, we could do a Q&A show like this live. Right. But again, that's a, you know, we're already working as much as we can on this show. So to add one more element, it's kind of like the vlogs. People said, when are these vlogs going to come out? It's just I run out of time. And so you, you have to pick your battles. Do I reply to everybody on social media or do I make the show better for the week? Do I do a vlog this week or do I get what I need to get done for the show this week? Well, and unfortunately, I don't know that our format or the way we do things would would translate to a, a video type podcast. Would you ever want to do a one unsolved case, uh, kind of like uh, Up and Vanished, which is a great show. I know they had a new episode come out today, I think, that everybody's really excited about. So would we want to focus on one case and spend months and months on possibly we've, we've been kicking the tires on that idea for quite some time. Um, we have a handful of cases in mind, uh, for that. So we've certainly considered doing some type of series, but we also want to stay true to what we're currently doing, uh, and, and hoping to give a new case, you know, every week or a new case every two weeks. Well, Um, yeah. And we're actually in talks right now with a producer to start working on a audio documentary, mm kind of like, um, S town. Ours would be solely true crime though. All right. Fascinating stuff with Nick and the captain holding on to my, holding on to my seats, holding on to my seat parts, my seat parts of unknown. We'll get back to this right after a quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code True Crime Garage 50 at factormeals.com slash True Crime Garage 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active.
All right, we're back. Cheers. All right, uh, a question we get all, all the time is research. Do we just randomly Google search information, or is there certain places that you start your research process? It, it's actually different for every case, and I hate hate to give an answer like that. It it varies depending on what is out there. You know, if I can, if we're discussing a subject, you know, an author that I like has written a book about, um, I might I might read that book. Um, mm-hmm. or, but yeah, some Google searches are involved. Um, once in a while I'll get on uh, web sleuths. I don't get on there every week regarding our cases, but sometimes I'll get on there because a lot of the web sleuth community, they have just a message board where you can just kind of throw out your theory or question this or that about any particular case. Um, so I like to, it's not so much to find out what people think are interesting on cases, but it's, it's more like, finding out what's wrong with the case, what's missing from the investigation. You know, a lot of times you really only need one or two pieces to put the whole puzzle together. And sometimes you need somebody else's uh, input to, to locate that piece or two. Another question that's been asked a bunch is what case got us into true crime. That's pretty much again on the website. It's free and it's in the store page, but it's technically free. There's another Q and a show that I think we did on season one. But what case got us, you know, you into true crime or me into true crime? My my first major one was um, West Memphis Three, and then it, a recent case that really got me kind of hooked back into the subject would be um, Mara Murray. Yeah, I I don't remember if I went into depth with this in in the Q and A that we did back in season one. Oh, by the way, anybody that wants old episodes that are not available on iTunes, the first two seasons are available for purchase on iTunes or on our website store page. And as the captain just said, there's a couple of free ones on there as well. We still to this day get asked several times a week, how do I locate your first 40 episodes or 39 episodes, whatever it is. That's where you find them. Um, For me, when I was young, I got two books and one was called The Greatest Unsolved Mysteries and the other one was called... um, something about solved mysteries or those those names are not right. Uh, but that's what I remember. This was from when I was like 11 or 12. And the first one that I read that was solved was about the, um, Chowchilla kidnappings. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's an interesting case where I believe it was three guys. They hijack a school bus and they took all of the school children on that, that bus and held them for ransom. Um, and it's a solved case. And fortunately nobody was, Nobody was harmed. I think a lot of people have a lot of PTSD still to this day for regarding that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the first unsolved case that I remember reading in the unsolved book was the Lizzie Borden case um, back from the late 1800s. Uh, she went on trial for uh, killing her father and her stepmother with an axe. Uh, this was in Fall River, Massachusetts, I believe. And she was acquitted of, of that, uh, at trial. And to this day, there's many, many people that still believe that she's guilty. There's that old, um, that old rhyme that goes, Lizzie Borden took an ax and gave her mother 40 wax. And mm-hmm. when she had seen what she had done, she gave her father 41. Um, so oh, that's cute. Those were the first two, um, solved case and unsolved case that I remember reading about. Uh, can you guys talk about the moment where one of you said, let's do a podcast and the other's reaction? I think we talked about this before, but it's kind of funny. We're both laid off. We were laid off mm-hmm. at the time when we, when we started this podcast. Um, and we had actually talked 
uh, about starting up a podcast uh, jokingly over the phone several times. Um, and I think once we were both laid off, we had time to to take on a project. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think we were super serious about it in the beginning. Um, it wasn't until we actually sat down and started recording. We didn't know what we were doing, um, but uh, we, we were having fun doing it. Um, and then people started listening. Yeah, but it kind of went like this. Um, okay, yeah, let's do a podcast. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I'm thinking true crime. And I think we should... <laughs> I still remember. I'm sorry. Uh, this is Nick saying this, by the way. He said, I think we should do a true crime podcast, and I think we should uh, uh, do a beer of the week. <laughs> These all sounded like bad ideas to him back then. They still sound like bad ideas. No, but it was kind of like, I was like, well, it's, I guess when we, when we, if you would break down our conversations that we would have, what, 70% would be true crime or conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it just kind of, I mean, we don't normally talk about uh, life goals and, and stuff like that. So we'd always kind of gravitate towards West Memphis three or JFK. JFK or, or we'd always end up talking about that stuff after a drink or two and just seemed right. Yeah. Or music. We talked about music a lot. That would probably mm-hmm. be the other subject. Uh, we we like to do this game where we get drunk, where we say like, uh, you know, like best love song mm-hmm. that's not about a girl, mm-hmm. you know, or best uh, rock song not about rocking, best rock song about rocking, which is obviously those about to rock. We salute you. All right. Do we ever disagree on cases to cover and not end up covering that case? We might have different answers for this question. Uh, my answer would be no. Um, we definitely disagree on what cases to cover from time to time, but I think we respect each other enough that uh, if one of us feels the thing is when we cover these cases, it's very important that that one or both of us be passionate about the case because it will show in our research and show in our presentation of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so my answer is that yes, we disagree on them. But I believe we respect each other enough that it, it it just means that we won't be covering it that week. It goes on a list and we will get to, you know, the captain's case or my case eventually. Well, um, right. ma- the majority of the time, I think we we both get excited about the same case, you know, because we'll kind of we'll come up with nine or ten and kind of talk briefly about each one. Mm-hmm. And we can tell right away which ones that, that we're both into. What is one case you'll never cover and why? Hmm. Well... So I should probably give a different answer than Pee Wee Gaskins since mm-hmm. I, I just said that. I'll just go ahead with my answer thinking that I, I'm assuming that we'll never cover Adnan Syed's case. So, um, One that we've gone back and forth about throughout this entire process is uh, JonBenet Ramsey. Um, we've had many mm-hmm. discussions about we should cover it or we shouldn't cover it. Um, we're still kind of, I'll speak for the both of us, uh, we're still kind of on the fence of whether to do it or not. Some, the problem is some of these cases have been covered so many times, uh, and if you look hard enough, some of them have been covered very well. When we cover a case, we generally want to try to add something to the conversation, uh, bring something into the fold, you know, um, and if we don't think that we can do that, 
we we're, we're not likely to cover the case. That doesn't mean we will never cover Jean Benet. It's just one that pops to the top of my mind because the captain and I've had this discussion many times. Is there any plans for Nick and Captain Bobbleheads or beer koozies? Uh, no plans for Bobbleheads and definitely plans for the beer koozies. The problem with merchandise is again, you know, I know, you know, there's a lot of other shows that have, you know, different merchandise and stuff like that. This is a two-person operation, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we run our own website. We record all the shows. We upload them ourselves. If you bought a T-shirt, one of us put that T-shirt in that bag. So, again, it's one of those things where it just comes down to time, and when we can find more time, we we put out that stuff. And with the T-shirts, too, you know, we even we even go as far to be included on the process of designing what goes on the shirt, what type of shirt it goes on, the color involved, all of that stuff. We try to keep our, our hands on everything that is true crime garage. Uh, another question we get often is the, is our logo, the garage? Like, are we sitting in that garage? Right. That's a question we get often. That's a pretty beat up garage, uh, in that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would not be comfortable to sit in that garage and record <laughs> for six hours. Well, the first garage we uh, set in in the summer, it was just, I mean, it was awful. Uh, the first garage that we were in for, I think, the first eight episodes or so. It, yeah. it was just to the point where the amount of sweat coming off of us, it, it, you know, we might record for 20 minutes and then we'd have to open up the garage door and take another 20 minute break because we're just sweating. It was, it's pretty gross. Yeah. We, if you listen to the first six, seven, eight episodes, we were actually in a a detached garage, a very large one. Uh, We recorded all those episodes in the summertime. So it would get very hot. Um, And on top of that, you would hear, we would have to stop frequently because you would hear dogs barking outside or somebody honking their horn. Um, so, so yes, uh, we are not in the garage that you see on the picture there. All right. Another question we get a bunch is by diving into true crime cases every week. And so often has it affected you mentally? Like with, uh, in the sense of, do you find it de- depresses you or, or what you think of people in general? Okay. So before we started doing the, the podcast, I, believe that I I have a gut reaction and gut feeling to most of the people that I meet. Um, I don't think I don't think everybody's shady. I think most people are good people. Um, I do believe that we encounter a certain number of bad people mm-hmm. almost on a daily basis. One thing that I've done in my own personal life throughout the my entire lifetime is if somebody gives me a bad feeling, if for whatever reason, even if I can't put my finger on it, it maybe they've done nothing at all. But if I get a bad feeling about somebody, I won't go anywhere with them. I won't be around them. I will try not to speak to them. So I've always done that. Now, the thing that has affected me regarding having the show and doing the podcast is, and this is pretty depressing because I do believe we generally live in a good world, but now I feel like I get very weary when I see a, a, a child walking alone somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel in, in stranger abductions, we've pointed this out before are actually a very rare thing that happens. Um, usually a child is abducted by somebody they know, and those are still rare occurrences as well. 
but I, I don't know why it, it, it didn't happen right away when we started this podcast, but at some point, like now that it's summertime, it's beautiful out today. I will probably see a child walking alone somewhere uh, today and it will, it will bother me or it will cause me to look around and take, take observation of the surroundings. Um, so yes, that's, I know that's a strange thing to say, but that that's one way that it has affected me. Yeah. I kind of have to put a time limit on things. It's like when, uh, we did the ad for, um, mommy dead and dearest or uh, the HBO documentary. I have to look at my work schedule and, and, and think to myself, how much have I actually dove into true crime this week? And if it's too much, sometimes I have to put a documentary that I maybe really want to see on hold just because I think the constant of it can get a little dark. The other uh, weird thing on your level is when you said, uh, well, when I see a child, a weird thing that happens with me is, you know, uh, you know, meet, I'll meet a mom. Of course, everybody's going (laughs) to laugh about this. Uh, You know, my friend will be a, a mother, right? And uh, it's like uh, their kid comes up and I go, hey, hey, how old's your kid? Six. And I, I immediately will think JonBenet Ramsey or Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh. I then somebody will go, oh, my other kid's eight. And I immediately think Stevie Branch. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's odd. Or, uh, you know, we're going to go get Kentucky Fried Chicken. I immediately think uh, John Wayne Gacy. So... Uh, which before I used to think about Jaco Pastorius because he would put a little chicken bone in his pocket and he would rub <laughs> his hands with the chicken bone before he played bass. So that's definitely a change and that's definitely, you know, again, sometimes you have to keep those th- <laughs> thoughts to yourself. You can't just uh, blurt those out. Um, the thing that gets me sometimes is I ride my bike often and uh, I was riding by the school and uh, behind the school is kind of a, a wooded area. And I will see things like I was riding one day and these three boys on bicycles were riding back into the woods and probably about eight years old mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There's this part of me that goes, do I go back into the woods and make sure nothing happens to them? Right. But, you know, you can't control every situation. So there, there is... There, there are things that can get you down about it, but, uh, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, a lot of people ask, what podcast do we listen to? I respect and love pretty much every true crime podcast I've listened to. I tend to not listen to them often. So, like, when Mike from Sword and Scale said, hey, uh, you guys seem like cool guys and you want to do this little bit with us, he's like, never listen to your show. Mm-hmm. Not because he doesn't want to. It's just you don't have a lot of time because you're producing a show. And then on top of that, do you want to know what everybody else in the true crime world is doing? Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's funny that you said sword and scale though, because we got an email the other day from a listener that said, Hey, I got a case that's hi captain. I got a case that's perfect for your show sword and scale. <laughs> so I'll get, somebody got that wrong completely. It's not my show. It's Mike's show, but um, it's good for me to have podcasts that aren't of the true crime genre mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, I, Shows like Chris D'Elia's show, congratulations. That show cracks me up. I really like Joe Rogan's show because it can be funny, but it can also get into some deep stuff. And then every week I listen to um, uh, This American Life because I have a a producer friend that listens to it and we kind of just 
always kind of talk about the episode. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest case to cover emotionally? For me, it was the Tika Lewis case. Um, There's been a a few of these that have really got to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if, you know, the captain knows this, but I don't, I don't know if anybody else could tell this, but when we covered Casey Anthony and I was reading George Anthony's suicide note, I, we, I had to tell the captain to stop a couple of times. Cause it was at some point when you're reading that his words became my words almost. Mm-hmm. And it, and like it started affecting me pretty badly. Um, but I would say probably the, Tika, yeah, he was crying in the garage. <laughs> uh, I would probably say the Tika Lewis case. Uh, that was the small girl that went missing in, um, don't have her information right in front of me but i believe it was washington state uh she was believed to be have been abducted from a bowling alley now the poor little girl was probably only about three years old um so maybe the youngest one of the youngest victims we've discussed at length on the show um doing the research for that case was very tough for me uh very depressing and very emotional uh week that week so the Tika Lewis case, if I had to pick just one. Well, it's so weird, too, when you're crying in the garage, not to make a joke about it, but because uh, it wasn't that funny at all. Because I was, I was very just focused on coming in, you know, you know, Nick is leading the conversation. That's obviously no surprise here. So I have to be on my toes and know when to interrupt, when to interject. I try not to interrupt as much. I've been listening to the comments, but I'm recording the whole thing. And so I got, you know, I'm, I was so focused that emotionally I wasn't in that same realm. And I, I obviously didn't have to read the words, but it was just like very awkward thing where you got somebody, you know, crying and you're going, hey, wait, okay, okay, just, uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, a, a big time cry. Though. No, it, it was like, like a choke. It wasn't like waterfall up. with right, snot right. bubbles and all that. It was, it yeah. was. It was a big strong man choking up. Yeah, what was what's that lady the the lady that does the snot bubbles so well? Oh, she was in doubt and she was in that movie with uh Vince's. Yeah. Uh I can't think of her name, but she man, she snot bubbles every crying scene <laughs> that she does. I've been standing here right with you. I've been standing right that's what I started doing. And I tell you what, that is some damn good acting. If you can snot bubble on cue. Oh, she's amazing. Exactly how big is the captain's jib? Okay, well, let's... <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't even know. I'm 6'3", and my shoes are size 14, if that gives you... I'm just a big, burly dude. Okay, jib. What does jib mean? It's it's actually an old sailor's term, which is funny because it's we didn't plan it that way. It's just there's a bunch of old sayings that I say, um, you know, I like your jib, you know, uh, you know, that guy, you know, I like the cut of his jib. All it means for the people that don't know what it means, the people that don't want to spend any, I love the people that, you know, write in, what does uh jib mean? And it's like, can't, can't you just Google it? Well, you got to write to me, just Google it. Basically, it means we like your character. We yeah. like, if we say yeah. we like the cut of your jib, we like your character. Mm-hmm. We like what you're made of. And that's all it is. How big is my jib? That's for your imagination. How do you guys feel basically living in the serial killer capital of the country, Ohio? Well, o- O-H. I-O. Uh, I feel great living in Ohio. I, I disagree with that statement. <laughs> I disagree with that statement. And, and I don't know numbers. I don't have you know a list of serial killers by state in front of me. I do know that Ohio has its and has had its good share of them. 
unfortunately. Um, I would argue that California and maybe um, uh, California certainly has had a ton of them. I would argue that they've had the most. Uh, New York has had a bunch. The other thing, too, Washington State's a weird one because they've had a lot of famous serial killers. So we tend to – one thing that's crazy for, for people that aren't into true crime that much, they think that c- serial killers are a very rare thing, that there's only like one at every 10 years in the United States. No, mm-hmm. there's a whole b- batch of them that nobody's ever heard of. Um, so that's a hard thing to say. How do we feel about living in the – he he or she said the serial killer capital of the world. Yeah, I love Ohio. John, John. so he's. A I key. I love uh, Columbus. Mm-hmm. I've I've grown up with this city. Um, well, he hasn't grown up much, but yeah. And the city has grown up with me. I feel that it's the right size of city for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. also a very understanding and intelligent community as well. So I love living in Columbus. I will always live here or near here. Uh, I love Ohio, um, and I again California. Lots of serial killers. <laughs> All right. So, so there, John. Steve wants to know, what is the captain, the captain of? The garage. Duh. Um, <laughs> Your mom. Uh, duh. Te- actually, uh, he, he technically holds no rank outside of these four walls. Um, no. So he, I actually get annoyed by people that I'm friends with that call me the captain. He, he is. It's annoying. He is I have a real name. The captain of himself. It's Gern. That's my real name, Gern Blanchett. Gern the third. <laughs> okay. Uh, would we ever consider doing live episodes in front of an audience? Sure. I'm not doing anything this evening. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I will be at Jimmy's Chicken Shack um, participating in the hot body contest, and afterwards right, it will right. follow with a, um, a live true crime garage show. Guy doesn't work out enough for a hot body contest, but... It's not a tough contest. <laughs> it's not a tough man contest. Uh, would we do a live show? We've we Like we talked about touring, would we do a tour? Probably not. We would like to do some meetups. Uh, and probably if we did the meetup, what's the point of meeting up with us? I think one, to shake hands and say hi and meet everybody and tell, tell you thank you so much for, for affecting our lives uh, the, the way you have. Uh, I think if we did that, we'd also just kind of do a live Q&A just for fun. Um, would we record that maybe through video or something and then po- you know, possibly possibly toss it up on YouTube or something? That's something I think we should do. At, you know, And we've talked about it quite a bit. I think we should do something like that. We'd do like a beer tasting mixed with a Q&A mm. and maybe a, a short you know, version of a, of, a, of a regular episode. Okay, so as the show has been getting bigger, how has that affected you? Really not at all. Um, other than I have to... <laughs> Well, it hasn't really affected me in any way that that's outstanding other than, you know, now where I wasn't really known as a true crime guy, I was kind of a closeted true crime dork amongst some, amongst some of my friends. There were some people that I would openly speak about this, uh, you know, the reading and TV watching that I do. Um, but now the majority of my family, you know, all of my family is aware as well. And so, other than people asking me questions uh, regarding true crime, uh, you know, constantly, uh, it's not uh, truly affected me in any way at all. How about you, Captain? I'm just a lot busier, you know, with the with the show, doing the social media, and uh, I was I was a lot more private. You know, mm-hmm. I got a question the other day. Somebody asked me, "Why do you uh, have your Instagram as private if you accept everybody?" But there are some people in my past that I just don't 
really care for them to see what what's going on with me. So uh, a lot of these stuff is personal, and it's very odd. Uh, I mean, I've played in bands before, so you'd think that would be something um, that I'd somewhat be used to. But um, but I was a musician. I wasn't a, just a band guy. I was a, normally a hired musician, so I wasn't always in promo pictures and stuff like that. So to kind of be, um, to feel how um, unpersonal that can be sometimes, mm-hmm. or the comments that you get, it's almost like they're talking about you as if you're not a person, and I think that sometimes gets to me. It is, it is in a weird way, a bit of an emotional roller coaster because you know when you and I get together, and we put out what we feel is a really good episode. I'm I'm on cloud nine for a while, you know. I'm quite high on it for a while, and um, and then you know the next morning or that evening, I'll receive some negative email or see something negative on our website, and it just kind of kicks you right in the jib, and you're like, oh, you know, you you know, so so it's it is it's peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. All right, Captain, how do you deal with all the negative people that are trying to bring you down? The way you approach the podcast, he sends clowns to their house. <laughs> I I'll kick you in the goddamn grundle on a serious note i mean when we first started it was horribly depressing Uh, i think we're probably episode eight or 11 which one was adam walsh uh probably 11 yeah so i think it was around there where i just told nick "Eh, i don't i don't want to talk on the show anymore just because here's the facts (laughs) just the facts man just the facts here's for all the just the facts people i was diagnosed with different things but what i believe is i suffer from severe depression so when you read a bunch of crap about how stupid you are or whatever when you're the one that's essentially putting the whole show together that stuff can bother you and then one day it just hit me where it's like none of this is real this is we're tossing this out into this universe that I'm not really a part of. So I kind of put it in those terms. So whether it's negative feedback or positive feedback, I try not to let either one affect me. So it's like, you know, when there's these goofy comments on Instagram that are positive, um, even though they might treat you like a piece of meat, those, the good comments and the negative comments, I try not to let affect me Mm -hmm. now that being said there are a different type of comment when somebody says to me you help me get through work you help me through my commute to me that is normally more sincere that's the stuff that's the reason why i'll put the time and the effort into it you know to that that's the reason why i listen to podcast you know was Mm -hmm. to get from work and all that stuff so those those are those comments affect me uh, in a positive way where now the haters the haters going to hate ainers going to ain't but even the you know some of the silly comments that are brought try not to you know have one way or the other affect me and and I don't want to I don't want to give the vibe out that it's all negative feedback I, I actually want to thank everybody um I didn't get a chance to do this because I received so many emails from people that were sending links or copies of the Boston Globe magazine. They did a very, they did really good coverage on the body barrels case that that we covered, um, and that's 
it's a recent article. So I've had a ton of people sending that to me and I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank everybody that sent uh, me that incredible article by the Boston Globe. How many beers do you normally drink during an episode? <laughs> um, I would say an accurate statement would be two. Um, I think it I, used to be more used to be more, but then towards the end, I would notice that I was talking in circles, um, which I, which I do naturally anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so two would be an accurate statement. Sometimes I just taste the beers. Again, I don't want to make it like a dark, depressing episode. This is supposed to be a fun episode for us. Uh, we kind of needed a break, but we get asked all these questions. We thought, ah, oh, we just answer them on the show. Uh, sometimes I just sip, take a couple tastes. Some episodes I'll drink some beers, but again, I, I, I deal with uh, depression. So I have to watch how much I drink on a weekly. You know, people will send me a Snapchat. Hey, what are you drinking tonight? Well, Maybe not anything, um, but that's just something for my own personal mental health and, and physical health. You know what? The other thing that's fun about this show too, Captain, is that we, you know, we kind of have different things that we do for the show. We have different departments and, you know, so the captain, if you send something regarding social media, he's going to, he's going to be the one to respond. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you send something regarding email or typically, with the website itself, with the blog uh, that's going on there, typically it's me that you will get the response from. So mm-hmm. rarely do we have a situation where we are able to both give an answer uh, regarding one question. So that's really, I think for me, the big reason why why we wanted to do this today. Yeah, and if you if you're not following Nick on Untapped, you should do so. Why am I? Why is Nick on Untapped and I'm not? Nick doesn't do do any social media. Well, Nick likes to frequent bars, and he drinks a lot more beers than I do. Mm-hmm. So that's why he, and you need to follow him, because it's pretty interesting. Have you ever had any nightmares about the cases you covered? Yes. Uh, yes, I have, but I can't specifically hone into a, a specific case. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you about the time where, um, this is kind of a, a funny story for me. Um, one time I fell asleep listening to a podcast, uh, not our show. Mm-hmm. It was a true crime podcast. I believe it might've been true murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out the to God, Dan, yeah. Dan Zupanski, my buddy, Dan Zupanski, the godfather of true crime. And I think I was listening to his show and he was talking about, um, a, a guy that had abducted some teenage girls. And this was technically a couple of these cases were technically solved. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was able to give an account of what actually took place. Um, so I woke up in the morning and, uh, I, I grabbed my, the first piece of paper I could find in a pen and I started jotting things down because I believed that I had some kind of dream that some, some kind of psychic dream where I knew what happened to these poor, these poor teenagers. Mm -hmm. And then I quickly noticed that my, my, uh, my bed phones were connected to my phone and they were lying on the bed next to me. And I checked the episode and I listened to it again that day and realized that everything that I dreamt was because I was hearing it through the bed phones as I was sleeping. Yeah. A lot of people uh, fall asleep to our show or other true crime shows. And I find that a little odd, you know, just a little odd. It, it, well, it's talk. It's kind of, it, it's, pretty much talk radio which can be a kind of a soothing Soothing thing thing to listen to yeah one of my producer friends has begged me to do a sleep podcast where i just uh 
you know, talk like this and put people to sleep. <laughs> uh, I probably won't do that because I don't have a lot of time. Um, as your fan base has been growing internationally, will we start discussing cases outside the U.S.? This comes from Pete. We, we've done a few. Um, we've done a Canadian case, um, one in England and one in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's more, I, I apologize if I can't recall them. There there are some fascinating cases in other countries that we would like to cover. Um, I got one that's from Japan right now that I've been looking at a lot to, to try to put on the show. There's some issues with that. Um, it's not something that we try to stay away from. Um, but I will throw this out there. If you listen to other true crime podcasts that are based in other countries, 90% of the time they're reporting on cases that took place in the United States. Um, and, and I believe, unfortunately, that our country has kind of been known, become known for tragedy and, and serial killers and stuff like that as far as stories go in the news. Mm-hmm. Some countries do not like to provide much information on their stories. They don't want this world perception that everybody in that country is bad. So they really vanilla everything. And that would make it tough on our end for research and presenting purposes. When is the captain going to reveal his real name, his address and phone number? Um, I'm not. So you look, if you direct message me on a social media, um, I I normally tell you, I don't give, I, I normally want you to guess a couple to see how ridiculous it is. I think at one point Nick called me Mark on a show and a lot of people went, Oh, his name's his real name's Mark. My real name is not Mark. His name um, is Marcus. <laughs> the, another question we get, uh, got a lot from our Facebook group. You know, we got a lot of emails, so we kind of gathered those together, but we're also taking these questions from our Facebook group. Uh, so if you're not following us on our, our Facebook, you should do so. And also a fan page that was uh, started by a buddy, or he's been come, he's becoming more of a buddy, uh, Cody, and he sent us a bunch of questions from the listeners. So, uh, did Nick fix his squeaky chair? I have not fixed the squeaky chair. Right, and it's driving me nuts. Three weeks, three weeks, just fix the chair. You guys cover a lot of missing person cases. Is there one that resonates with you more than others? Well, of course, I think the answer will be Brian Schaefer because he was roughly our age. He was in our community. Um, Also, the Joey Labute case, again, Mm -hmm. roughly the same age. We knew people that knew them. Uh, We hung out at places that they hung out. So especially with me playing uh, across the, the, the courtyard from Ugly Tuna for years, and going in and out of the same parking garage that Brian Schaefer went in and out of, that case will always resonate with me mm-hmm. a bunch. How do you guys decide which stories and cases to cover on the podcast? I think we've covered this quite a bit throughout different episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, 99% of the cases we cover are listener suggestions mm-hmm. um we get a ton of them and i and i thank everybody for them um and i want everybody to know that uh you know i reply to about 90 percent of those suggestions um they all go on a list somewhere um I, by now we have a stack of lists mm-hmm. um and what i try to do as well is when we receive multiple suggestions regarding the same case they get a little check mark 
Um, and sometimes the number of check marks that a case has will have a direct impact on how soon we cover the case. Uh, Jesse and, and other people have asked, uh, what's the, what do you like most about doing this podcast and what do you like the least about it? Uh, I like the opportunity to discuss the cases. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, <laughs> true crime's always been a passion of mine. It's something I've always read and followed. Um, the, but it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because as much as I like it, I used to be able to step away from it from time to time, you know, um, when there are other things going on in my life or other interest, uh, take the front seat, um, you know, true crime could take a back seat. So my favorite part is, is actually researching and presenting the cases and working with the captain. But my, what, what has become my least favorite mm-hmm. is that on some level I liked being able to walk away from it and take a break from it where I don't feel because of our grueling schedule, that's not an opportunity that I have anymore. This is an interesting question from our Facebook group from Marie. I know you guys used to live together. What were the worst habits uh, you both figured out about each other? <laughs> you, do you want me to go first? This is a really, we lived together a really long time ago. This probably mm, 15 years ago. Wow. That's crazy. It was, it was that long ago. Wasn't yeah. It? Uh, but we only lived, we shared an apartment for what, about eight or nine months. It was, I feel like it was under a year. Yeah. It wasn't that long. Um, so I had a roommate that moved out and the ca- <laughs> he, had a, he had a girlfriend that moved. She ran for her life. She went all the way to Nebraska to get away from <laughs> Um, and the cat, the captain was, uh, looking for an apartment and I said, Hey, Come help me with my bills. I don't because, even think I was looking for an apartment. Uh, come help me with my bills because I can't afford this apartment anymore by myself. Um, he gave me a great deal, by the way. The best part about living together was when we would sit around and drink and play video games, which we don't really play video games anymore. But I mm-hmm. remember we would have such, I always had such a good time sitting around playing video games with you because you just crack me up. Well, uh, we watched a lot of true crime docs uh, during that time, too. The the habit that stands out for me the most about the captain that drove me crazy. Oh, okay. okay, here we go. Because he, he's probably got plenty of things to tell you about me that mm. I'm hoping he leaves some of those out. Um, okay, so if it's winter time, for some reason, the captain back then, I don't know if it holds true today, but back then, if it was winter and it was 10 degrees outside, the captain would wear shorts and a cutoff t-shirt and crank the the heat up mm-hmm. and if it were summertime he would wear sweatpants and a hoodie and crank the air conditioner up i could never get a full gauge on why why That's that true. was the uh why that was the, the the choice of clothing well we worked different schedules too so that was a little different yeah i, I you know that time period of living in that apartment it uh, reminded me more of a. Uh, you know, just kind of living alone because it wasn't like you're there a lot. Right. I would be there at different times and you would be there at different times. Nick would, uh, uh, his big, uh, it wasn't a problem for me, but he would drink sometimes so much. He would, he, he would walk in and he'd just be staring at his fish tank. <laughs> and I go, what the hell are you doing? And they're, they're fascinating. I'm watching my fish. And and by the way, he'd have Led Zeppelin like cranked to 11. 
and the neighbor would be knocking. Yeah, we would get. I, I instructed the neighbors to not don't bother walking all the way to the door. Just knock on the wall, and right. I'll turn down the blaring music that I probably that I should have never had at that level anyway. And I'd always use a Mitch Hedberg line. I'd I'd go up to the guy would be knocking, and I'd go up to the wall and go, "Hey, man, you're going to have to go around. There's no door on my side." <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it, but it was good. He's uh. He was a pretty good roommate. Emmanuel asks, have you ever gave a beer three bottle caps? Uh, if you look on my untapped, you will you will see some beers that I've rated as low as maybe a two or one and a half. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the fans of Sours out there, I know Sours are kind of a popular trend right now. I do not like sour beers. Rarely I will get one or have one that somebody will suggest or hand me, and, and I will enjoy it. Um, but uh, no, I don't, I don't typically like sour beers. If I want something that has that kind of flavor, I would rather just have a a glass of, of wine. Um, well, and I think the other thing too, is like, why would we have a crappy beer on the show that we didn't like? Yeah. That's kind of a rule. Like I, I won't put anything on the show that would be lower than like a three and a half because it's supposed to be a beer recommendation. Um, it's not just, you know, not just something to fill time. You know, we could pick a beer at random and it'd be a, a beer that sucks. We're not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to go the extra mile and make sure that we're putting out a beer that we're like, here, this is something you should experience. Uh, Jason asks, when is the TV show coming? Tomorrow. Um, it will be (laughs) on tomorrow and it will be, it will be every Saturday immediately after the, uh, children cartoons on Saturday mornings. Well, we've talked to NBC a little bit and, uh, we want to do a show called the Butler, but that's not, (laughs) you know, that's not, it's not going to be about true crime. It's a show show about nothing. Well, it's a show about crime because the guy does crime he does a crime and then he's sentenced to be the butler. These the, these the, are all joking answers. We don't we don't hold any power over um how that works out. Yeah, at the end of the day, we really enjoy doing the podcast and we really enjoy uh the listeners of the show. Yeah. So yeah. And and we've actually changed that. We've now we don't have anybody beaten down the door here, but we've had several people contact us, great mm-hmm. people with great ideas, but we have always thrown back at them and said, "Hey, remember we got into this to be podcasters. We love doing our show. Um if we were to take on another project, it cannot affect or downgrade this show in any way." Yeah, and the next big project for us is like we talked about a little bit earlier is uh, we're really putting some time and effort into an audio doc because mm-hmm. we just think that would be interesting to do and just a, something different for us to, um, to kind of really understand how like something like cereal was done. Kathy asks, boxers or briefs? Boxers. Okay. I, Once I'm, in a while, maybe uh, a boxer brief. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a boxer brief man myself. No boxers for me. Uh, we answered this on the other podcast, uh, the other question and answer podcast. Like I said, that's free on the store page uh, at truecrimegarage.com. But do you listen to other true crime podcasts? And if so, what are your favorites? Um, yes. So just honing in on true crime podcast, my favorites would be maybe not in any particular order, but ones that I regularly listen to. I do, I do miss episodes because we've spent so much time on this project. 
Um, but I love True Murder. That's no secret. Uh, I like Ripper Cast a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great show. Sword and Scales good. Generation Y is good. Um, the Nighttime Podcast is is a favorite of mine. But they don't. Mm-hmm. Not all of those do. They always cover straight up true crime. Yeah, Jordan is great. If you haven't listened to the Nighttime Podcast, he, he always comes up with uh, interesting topics, even if it's not true crime. Um, I'm not going to go into a bunch of details. Check that out. Tell them the captain sent you. Eric asks, how many moms does the captain actually know? 37. In which ways do you think you have grown personally since you've started the podcast? Uh, I've put on seven pounds. <laughs> the, um, Maybe they want a real answer. Regarding just the podcast itself, um, I think I've gotten a little better about researching um, throughout. Um, we, we wanted to see at the start of the year, can we do two shows? And the reason why was the more and more we got into it. Look, I understand some people just want the facts, just want the facts. That's not interesting to me. The interesting thing to me is the facts and then bringing your personality to the table. Mm-hmm. But your research has gotten so much better that I feel some, 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 some cases for sure. It's like, you need the two episodes just to get through the facts. Yeah. And you know, what's weird for me is there's been a couple of cases that we've covered that were really covered well in the media, whether it be news or actual documentaries or shows um, that I didn't follow when they were actually happening um, because I tend to like lesser known cases. Um, so Casey Anthony, although everybody around me was following it, I didn't follow it so much. So it was very interesting to me to dive into it for a week or so. And the Aurora theater shooter, um, I didn't, I didn't pay. I was so, I was so upset emotionally about that when it happened that I just shied away from anything that was reported in the news at the time. So it was, it was interesting to, to dive into that for a few days. I need to go back when we talked about the true crime podcast. Mm hmm. I just want to put this out there. I'm a murderino. I don't know if I don't know if men are allowed to be a murderino, but I'm a murderino. Explain so, what that means for people that don't know. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's just what I think my favorite murder uh, listeners call themselves. Okay, but I don't know if men can call them. I, somebody looked that up. And also, um, the, the funny girls. I've only listened to their show a couple times, but uh, wine and crime, wine and true crime. Uh, they always harass me about Dan. I don't know who the hell Dan is, but they harass me about him all the time. Okay, a bunch of questions, but uh, th- these are good questions. So um, Stephanie asked these, and she said, uh, will you ever do a case at Borders um, on whether it could be paranormal or supernatural? I think a lot of people with um, Elisa Lamb. the Elisa Lamb case, people thought there we, was maybe some the, and paranormal that, activity. And that one was on our list for so long, and we actually considered not covering it because we, you know, so much of the talk of it was the paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get to looking at that thing, man, you have to talk about it. You have to cover it. So, yes, we will. Um, there'll be other cases out there. There's We're getting a lot of people that want to hear uh, cases that, that involve like some kind of cult presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you would have to factor that in there. Uh, a question that we that I actually get a lot, but you probably have more interesting answers than me. Uh, what are your favorite bands? <laughs> I would have more interesting answers than you. 
the, you know, when you ask what's your what's your favorite unsolved case, what's your favorite band, what's your favorite cheeseburger, you know, those questions, those answers would I think with all of us would vary by the day, by our right. mood, where we're where we're currently located. If you were going to throw me on an island and say you can only throw a few few albums in your box, um, who would it be? I I have a hard time living without Guns N' Roses. I love Guns N' Roses. I love The Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a much lesser known band than uh, a band called Watershed that's uh, local to Ohio. Um, they're kind of a, a mid to late '90s Midwestern rock kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I own you know nobody out there will know who they are, but I own like five of their albums. Yeah, Guns N' Roses, Stones. I tend towards more of the older stuff: Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. Um, and a big shout out to all the Chris Cornell fans in the Soundgarden Temple of the Dog fans. I that really hurt hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he I thought for many years he was one of the best rock and roll singers, heavy rock singers out there. Uh, maybe well, and also a guy I think. Uh, you know, when you're in like middle school and high school, you kind of have these celebrities that kind of help dictate your style. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Chris Cornell was definitely. One oh, of those man. guys for you. I listened to that super unknown album probably a thousand times. Um, I listened to it the other day when I when I got the news, and man, it, we 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 really lost somebody special last week, and and it makes me sad. Uh, Kickstand off of that album is one of my favorite Soundgarden songs. Yeah, I, I said your your answers would be more interesting because what I've learned through my um, diving into music when you start studying it, then you start becoming fascinated by a lot of different spectrums. Mm-hmm. And so the stuff that I listen to that I like, some of that stuff is purely uh, for the studying of the music itself, the, the complexity of it. Mm-hmm. So where some of the stuff would be like, you like that? Why the hell do you like that? Three spectrums for me. People like Snarky Puppy, people like, uh, Jaco Pastorius, people like the Bad Plus, those would be on, you know, the intellectual studying of music side. Uh, then there's people like you know John Mayer and Bob Dylan and um, Amos Lee and the singer songwriter side, where it's going to be more lyrical. And then I have just a, a you know a, a obsession with the Sweet Tooth um, of just pure pop ballads. I just love them. You know, Michael Bolton, uh, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston. Yeah, I just love so that I stuff. think you're kind of getting into another question that, that we have on there that is, you know, what on your on your playlist would surprise uh, people? You know, what on your music playlist would surprise people? Celine Dion. I think people would be really surprised how much I, I listen to Celine Dion. For me, you know, if I'm out partying with friends and, and it becomes my turn for my phone to be the one presenting the music... Um, I always get a little, always get a little look when, um, uh, cause I, I have a lot of Lady Gaga on my, oh, yeah. on my devices. I love, <laughs> La- I love Lady Gaga. I'm not going to lie. That's, that surprises everybody. I like her and I like, um, uh, Sia quite a bit. As ah, well. Yeah. I like Sia a lot too. Uh, we just lost a bunch of listeners cause they went, the captain listens to Selena Dijon. What do you like most about the listeners and what do you like least about the listeners? I like everything about all of our listeners. <laughs> and you don't like there's nothing you don't like there's nothing uh once in a while we 
Um, I love the feedback, whether it's good, negative, or in between. Um, I don't care when someone's rude or calls me a name. I know we kind of call people names on the show, Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's not fair for me to think that way. Um, But here's what I firmly believe. We've created a community, uh, and we couldn't have done it without the listeners. They've been fantastic. Uh, They're the biggest part of the community. Uh, We hope that one day we all retire together and move to beautiful parts unknown. We're currently installing a wave pool that is going to be amazing. Um, it's only three foot tall right now. So we're working on that. Once we get the funds, we're going to extend it, send Uh, more beer fund money. Uh, so I like everything about the listeners. I I can't think of anything that I don't like because I think that people that don't like the show or don't like us or our presentation, I think they eventually move on. Mm -hmm. So they're not part of the the community. Right. And to stick with this, this is really interesting question. All right. So the question is, do you think that there's a responsibility of a podcast host that are male that deal with a larger audience that is female, you know, uh, respecting their fans, respecting their listeners. I, I think the word fan is kind of goofy. You're a listener. You're a friend. That's what you are. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, uh, but, but respecting their listeners by not asking for nudes and being sensitive <laughs> to cases of rape and domestic violence. Uh, well, here's my thoughts. Okay. I, I love the question. Who do we, do we have a name? Uh, Stephanie, I think. Yep. Stephanie. Great question. Uh, but I, I'll answer it by saying this. I think, I think anybody putting out something for the general public to, to chomp on regardless of male or female or transgender or whatever the situation, I think we all have a responsibility, uh, to, to be sympathetic to victims and be open-minded about uh, who we are speaking to and and how we are presenting information. Uh, but as far as like the nude stuff, I know that Nick, uh, I've heard some rumors about other podcasts. I don't request them. I just send them. Right. Um, Nick likes to send. <laughs> no, that's a joke. The, but you know what's so funny is that's a good question from Stephanie because what are, what do we keep hearing in the news right now that that a lot of these older men that are of some form of power on TV and different shows mm-hmm that we're starting to find out about things that they're being accused of, which may or may not be true. Um, Here's the deal, man. People in every walk of life, some of them cross the line um, Mm -hmm. from time to time. Um, Do do I feel a responsibility regarding that? Personally, no, because I don't think that's a line that the captain or I would ever, ever cross. Well, it's, let's put it this way. Um, I have received a bunch of, I think, inappropriate pictures. Now, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know if inappropriate is the right word, but you know, when somebody sends you a Snapchat and there's four pictures of food, right? This is what I had for breakfast. This is what I had for lunch. And then all of a sudden, it's them in the shower. My, here's, here's a picture of me wearing nothing but bacon. <laughs> right. My reply was just, it's a little odd. Why? Because I don't know you. And I think... uh, (laughs) I see you paid your water bill this month. (laughs) Right. But I I think... um, I think that stuff is should be saved for people that you have intimate relationships with or you're trying to learn about that person. That stuff is not for some guy that you listen to once a week talk about murders. You know, that's... You know, that's just where I stand on it. Do you guys hang out? Out outside of doing the podcast, 
Um, on occasion, not as much as we used to because we do spend so much time uh, together with this project. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think part of it is we need our space away from one another as a way of having space away from the show and from true crime in general. Um, on, you know, it's exciting to, to hang out uh, with the captain um, on most levels. The problem is we're both so eyeballs deep in this project that a lot of times now when we do hang out, it's, it feels a lot like work because we talk a lot of shop. Yeah, and we annoy each other like so much more than we used to. So <laughs> there's a, a lot of times where it's just like, uh, you know, I sent him a text yesterday and then he's sending me shitty texts back, you know, two minutes later. And it's like you have to remind him, I didn't mean it shitty. Just, But, you know, we can it's just any time like when you go – on vacation with a best friend and by the end of it you're like god i'm sick of this this dude. guy ain't my best friend anymore right summer jerry all right next question uh this one is for the captain captain you obviously produce the show and record the show have you produced for any bands or recorded any bands well and this kind of goes with another question because somebody asked what's our regular jobs do you want to start with your regular job uh, I'm, a, I'm involved in property management, um, and I have been for many, many years. Um, it's something I enjoy doing. Um, so that's kind of my regular job. Someone, and, he somewhat enjoys doing. Yeah. Depends on the day. Yeah. Well, that's with any with, job. With, with any all job. your, right. And my, mine is pretty simple. I used to play a bunch of cover band gigs. I, I have stopped doing that because of this show. The show has uh, afforded me to be able to not play in the cover bands anymore, which has been great. But cheers to the guys that I used to play with. Great guys. Um, but now all this stuff is just studio stuff. So if you haven't checked out, I have a singer-songwriter that a singer-songwriter record that I just did called St. Patrick. And um, the album is called Tin Man. You can find that on iTunes. Uh, We've can, received a lot of good feedback on a handful of those songs. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, people are always surprised when they're like, wow, this is very uh, sad and sappy. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get. I didn't find it all that sad and sappy, but um, you know, one thing I do miss, Captain, is that I I used to go and see his bands, um, and I say bands plural because you know he'd do different projects throughout the years, but sometimes he'd be playing in multiple bands at once. Um, so I always enjoyed going. He would play sometimes two, three times a week. Now I would try to go once a, once a month was usually what I like to do once a month or so. Mm-hmm. It was always a good time. He so always, I do, I do miss that captain. Well, he always ran up my, my bar tab as but, much as I could, but no. So what I do for a living now is, um, you know, if, if, if more people would buy that record, I could just do that for a living. But I, I work for a, a producer in Australia and we do uh, songs for films or commercials and I do editing work that way. So audio engineering is basically the the simple answer. So when you, people go, your show sounds pretty good. I'm like, well, it should because that's what I do. Bradley asks, how is Nick able to keep the conversation going when the captain always makes his hilarious comments? I don't find him all that funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, jab. Um, no, no, I actually, burn. I find the captain very funny, but... Um, you know, I'm the true crime dork. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm already like merged into the, the story and, and how we want to deliver it. 
Um, so I, you know, I just try to keep on pace. It's all about keeping on pace. Hey, a couple more uh, thoughts on the upcoming Brown season. Will they break five hundred? This is from Brian. Oh, Brian, I love you. I love the snowball question. Um, here, here we go, Brian. Bad news: we will not be five hundred or better than five hundred. But good news: I got good news. We're moving in the right direction. I really believe that picking up McCordy will sure up the defensive backfield quite a bit. Uh, which is going to be important because our defensive front is going to be incredibly disruptive to uh, any offense that we play this year. I looked at the schedule. I'm thinking seven games is kind of the over and under. We put, for those of you that don't, don't know football real well, you play in a division with three other teams, four teams in a division, and you'll play each of those three teams twice, once mm-hmm. home and once away. I think we'll split the division. I think we'll win three games in the division, and there's there's four games in the regular season that look to be winnable games, so I think seven. But, Brian, I got good news to you, buddy. Cheers, long-distance cheers to you, because I think 2018, we will crack the 500 mark. A question that's asked often is, why is the captain always mean to Nick? I'll let you take that one. I don't know why you're mean to me. <laughs> uh, I get really frustrated, and Nick will attest to this, I'm setting up the show and putting all the pieces in place. And, you know, if he messes up on a word, then I have to go back and then I'm editing. Um, I just get frustrated and I'm really bad at. Um, He'll get mad about people mowing their grass or we had a, a, a nest of birds in the garage, not yeah, in the garage, in the gutter yeah. of the garage. And that um, <laughs> I can hear it, and he it drives it, me uh, insane. Uh, and I think he thought I was doing something that was was messing with his audio. Well, another thing too is uh, what's that? What's that thing where y- you hate listening to somebody eat? Uh, that's something I don't know anything about. You've you've told me about it. I, there's some people I don't like to watch eat. Right, but well, it's like I can hear every nuance of Nick's breathing and stuff. So sometimes that just drives me insane. Um, but sometimes I try to turn that off. The best shows are when I can just hit record and kind of turn everything off and turn off the producer side and turn off the, the audio dork side and just be a a part of the conversation. Uh, interesting question is why do you tell people to be kind and don't litter? Is that like an inside joke question mark? No. Um, I think everybody should be kind to one another, and I don't think anybody should throw their trash on the on the ground. Um, I'm not like some big environmentalist, if if that's what anybody's wondering. But you know, a few years ago, I did have a problem um, because one thing that drives me nuts is when I see somebody roll down their window and throw a, a pop can out or a, or a bag of of fast food. Mm-hmm. Here's a news flash for everybody. Everywhere you, every destination you end up will have a trash can at the other end. If you're going to a public place, if you're going to a restaurant, if you're going to a gas station, you're going to your own home, there will be a trash can there. If you're so lazy that you can't throw away your own trash and furthermore, so selfish that you think that everybody else should just walk amongst your trash because you're a lazy lowlife, um, then (laughs) no, I just, it bothers me. And, And like I said, a few years ago. I had to stop myself a couple of times because I started I, I started following cars. If I saw somebody throw something out, I'd follow them for a little bit, like I was going to do something at the end of that ride. Um, no, I just think we we live. We're fortunate enough to live in a beautiful 
planet um, and in a beautiful surrounding. There's if you have any future at all, you would want to keep it beautiful for yourself and the rest of us. Bonnie asks, "Have I ever tried cheese on an apple pie yet? Have I done that? No, I'm not. I'm not a psychopath. I've I tried won't. it once. Not since the show. You're a psychopath. I tried it once. Not going to do it. Well, maybe I'll do it one day. We'll do a meetup." Somebody bring some apple pie with some well, cheese on it, and I'll, I'll eat it. Here's why I tried it. There's a part in Pulp Fiction where um, I believe it's Bruce Willis's girlfriend, and she's been waiting for him all day long at the hotel. Uh-huh. And all she wants to do is go to the diner and get a nice meal and get a piece of pie with cheese on top. And so I thought, wow, I've never heard of that before. This is crazy talk. Right, so psychopath. I, I, I was I was hanging out with my grandmother recently after that after seeing that movie and thinking about the cheese on the pie. Mm-hmm. And because I was wondering if it was like an old school thing that I just didn't know about. She said she had many times in her life had had well, cheese she's on a pie. raging psychopath. And um, thanks for talking poorly about my grandmother. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> That's Whatever. rude. That's... Um, it, but uh, yeah, so I tried it. Uh, didn't love it. <laughs> All right. We'll do, uh, let's do two more questions and get out of here. Cause I got to do some work. Uh, John asks, have you ever, and we get asked this all the time. When are you going to start a Patreon site? I don't think we're going to, we're not going to, um, uh, we know that other shows do it. They do a release. If you release early, here's the fact of the matter. And then the people that say, don't do ads, go back to not doing ads. The ads is what affords the show. We couldn't do two shows a week without ads. Right. Because we have to spend a lot of time and energy on it and it's a way to supplement it. It's also a way that you don't have to supplement it. We're not asking for your dollar. We're getting dollars from the ads and then that way we can put out free shows and we'd rather put out eight free shows a month or whatever. You know, two, two free shows a week than to charge you more show you know for more shows now we do have some bonus episodes that we're doing and some of those are going to be just you know one parters mm-hmm. and, and things like that um well and we've been lucky though too because with with our show we had this dumb idea about beer money you know right. buy us around for next week's show and everybody has been overly generous with that you know we we do get a good response from that and so, and we're currently way behind. Yeah, so. we can only do so many shout outs a show. And I apologize that we haven't got to you yet, but we do do them on a first come, first serve basis. Um, and so we will get to everybody eventually. Um, we understand why other shows do the Patreon. I think it's a great thing um, right. and it works for their platform and their show. Um, our show. Like I said, we got the beer fund built in there, so it's not it's not really necessary. Right. Like we said, uh, we're way behind on it. So sometimes people message us and go, hey, I donated last week and I haven't heard my name yet. You're not going to hear your name for a couple of weeks. We're behind. So And we apologize. And we apologize. But, but it's out of our control. But we're also not going to spend, you know, 10 minutes of the show thanking people. No, right? but we could do like once every three months, we could do a, a, a drunken Nick uh, shout out show where it's just me butchering everybody's names and locations and <laughs> right uh, you know nobody wants to listen to that okay so the last question we'll do for this q a session is has any Brittany and phoenix wants to hear that episode no no <laughs> have you been recognized in person since birth have you been recognized uh from the show 
No, I don't think that I have. I've I've had people um, look at you funny. <laughs> um, Nick I, told me this story one time where he's like, "These I had a true crime garage shirt on, and and these people were kind of looking at me funny." Yeah, yeah, I did. I did have that happen. Um, but I've had other people, you know, tell me later that somebody came up to them and said, "Hey, was that um, was that the captain, or was that Nick from?" from true crime garage. So no, I've not experienced it firsthand. Uh, I had a listener message me. I was at a local, uh, pub that I like to go to, uh, hop yard 62. I think it's called. I just call it hop yard. You just called it something, but it's and, hop yard. Uh, yeah. And I, I like to get their flights. Um, uh, the only annoying thing about those guys is you just say, just give me a flight. Well, what, what do you want? Just whatever. No. Well, what do you like? D- just pick. Just that's why I'm here. It's for you to pick. In their um, defense, they're not used to that. That I know, I know. Type but, of ordering. So we're outside and we're you know drinking my flight, and I guess somebody heard my voice and was like, "Oh my god, that has to be the captain." Uh, and then they never came up and said hello. They messaged you later that they had seen you somewhere. Yeah, well, the I think the girl's husband said, "Hey, uh, me and my wife were here, and we thought it was you." We couldn't tell. We tried to listen. And I said, "This you should have came and said hi." I would have bought. I would have bought beers for everybody. Uh, I had a lot of flights that night. I got a little <laughs> <laughs> out of control. That's what I like to call around the world, right? Well, that's what I like to call emptying out my savings account. Um, no, but just you know, just be nice and respectful, and just know. Uh, I mean, I'll kick the shit out of a clown's junk. Don't think I won't kick you if you get out of line. That's all I'm saying. But if you recognize us, uh, which you probably won't unless you're in Columbus, um, come say hi. Have a beer. All right. That's enough of the questions. That's enough of the business. Uh, that's enough of the questions. Thanks for, uh, thanks Aurelia at our Facebook page for the help. Thanks for Cody on the the fan page. If you haven't checked that out on Facebook, it's, it's, it's actually really cool. It's not so much like, Oh, let's, uh, Let's talk about how awesome Nick and the captain are. It's more, it's a kind of a group discussion about the cases. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to the episode and you have some thoughts and opinions, that's kind of what they do there. And it's pretty cool. And it's run by a good guy named Cody. Uh, as always, follow us on social media at True Crime Garage, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Untapped, all that stuff at True Crime Garage. And thank you to everybody for joining us in the garage this week. And thank you especially to those of you that submitted questions for the Q&A show. Mm -hmm. We can't wait to see you back here in the garage next week. Until then, you better be good, you better be kind, and please don't litter. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.